I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Welcome to Discast, everybody. It's a beautiful Saturday for us. Who knows what day it is for you? How are you, Anwar? I am doing really well, actually. It is a beautiful day. I am in my living room with the sun shining directly into my living room, and it's real warm. Is it? In my, well, At least in my house, just because like, the big window is basically amplifying all of the heat of the sun. Nice. So After I'm this, just in a very warm pocket. <laughs> honestly, you deserve it. After this, I'm going to the Hot Chocolate Festival, and I'm hoping it'll be pleasant outside. Yay! Speaking of places where it's pleasant outside, I have yes. uh, some Disneyland news to share with you. Oh, yes. Okay, so uh, just a quick update. What we're doing is we are going to be starting off uh, each episode now with a bit of current event news because uh, Fairleth and I kind of realized that there's constantly shit going down within the Disney company, mm-hmm. and we figured it's probably a good idea to share some of that news before it gets way too old. Yeah, because <laughs> we were going to do special episodes just about, you know, Disney parks, stuff like that, and then we realized, yeah, yeah there's stuff happening all the time. Yeah, and like we can still do special episodes on the parks and everything, but I think it's just good to also at the same time keep things... Uh, current and keep things updated as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But since this yeah. is our Snow White episode, it's extra especially awesome that we're talking about news today because I have some Snow White news. Yes, some Snow White news on the ride itself. On the ride so itself. let's wait. Let's save that for the end of the news portion because then we can go directly into Ooh, okay. the Snow White topic itself. So let's start with some current event news. Uh, Fairleth, you are very eager to start us off. <laughs> well, um, I'm excited to talk about the Jungle Cruise, actually. Yay! Yes, I love the Jungle Cruise. It's one of, um, it's in Disney history as being one of the opening day attractions for Disneyland. And Anwar, mm-hmm. you know me, I, I of all the Disney parks, I love Disneyland the best, even though it's the smallest. Um, is it smaller yes. than Disneyland Paris? Yeah. Um, Probably. <laughs> Disneyland Paris. <laughs> is pretty small but um just because Walt is the one who bought the land envisioned uh how it was mm-hmm, gonna go mm-hmm. down the original animatronics are all in uh disneyland so i really really love it and they're um, all there they're all there and <laughs> the jungle cruise unfortunately um hasn't really been given a lot of major refur- refurbishments over the years it has had some but um even more than splash mountain i would say uh some racist caricature is really evident on that ride oh absolutely yeah <laughs> um if you're not familiar with the history surrounding splash mountain you might go through unaware of um the 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 themes and and what's going on in there but jungle cruise it really needs an update but it doesn't just yeah. need the update to remove um sort sort of racist characters and um has it been concerned can um confirmed have you heard whether trader sam is getting removed from the ride uh i don't know from what i understand trader sam the character is being removed from the ride mainly because of the you know the 
racial issues behind it just because of the portrayal and all that other stuff it's very outdated so to my understanding the actual character of trader sam physically is being removed from the ride whether he will be you know alluded to and mentioned i don't know i mean i think they could still do that i think they could still make reference to trader sam just because the character itself has been you know pretty pretty iconic within uh, the ride itself it's you know just as iconic as the you know the backside of water joke, which is probably <laughs> one of the stupidest jokes in that ride, but for some reason Most I still love brilliant it. Brilliant jokes in history <laughs> is what you mean. But well, then that opens up the question: um, if Trader Sam is being removed from the Jungle Cruise ride, are they going to start retheming Trader Sam's at Disneyland? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they would need to really re retheme Trader Sam's itself, just because I think they can still kind of keep a bit of that you know jungle-esque theme because uh like i might i haven't been inside uh trader sam's for a long time and so i don't i'm i can't remember visually exactly what it looks like um but if it's anything like just a regular like another regular dining establishment then i don't really think it's entirely as problematic as the actual trader sam character himself so um, some people talk about uh, tiki culture in general being problematic mm-hmm. and culturally appropriative. I can't really speak to that as objective or non-objective as a white woman, but um, I'm eager to see how the Disney company uh, yeah, sort of because then reacts to that. Yeah, because then you also have the question of what are they going to do about the Enchanted Tiki Room? Yeah, well, I that's what really uh, I was getting to was like, if Trader Sam's, it, it, if all this stuff all might be a snowball, but I'm really hoping at least part of the Tiki Room is uh, around as, forever yeah. just as, as a signpost. But who knows? I don't think it's going to get removed right away. I think Disneyland is no. going to over the next hundred years, just renovate things to be more inclusive, but who knows? Anyway, that's the speculation part. The things I do know mm-hmm. are um, different animatronics are getting replaced within the Jungle Cruise ride to represent the skippers themselves as being part of the yes. plot of the, the the ride itself, the story, which I think is yep, wonderful. Yep, yep. I, think that's, I think that's brilliant because, uh, you know, the skippers are kind of one of the main reason you go on that ride. Yeah. I mean, like you go on the ride to get a different skipper every time because of how they do their script. Exactly. Right. Because like you can go on the ride every time and it's the same, It you know, it's like, a, it's like all the other rides. It's the same ride over and over again. But what makes it interesting is how every skipper kind of does their own version of the script. You have the same, you have similar jokes that kind of transition, like, or that kind of uh, follow through every, uh, through every skipper, like there's certain jokes that they have to make, yep. but then you have like the overall story of how they do the ride, mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes it super interesting. I agree. I mean, Jungle yeah. Cruise Skipper is my number one dream job in any Disney park. Um, what's yeah. yours, Anwar? Mine is I want to be a Dapper Dan. Yeah, you do. I would live to be a Dapper Dan. Be an amazing Dapper Dan and an amazing Cadaver Dan at Halloween. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that means the Jungle Cruise is getting a brand new animatronic. Yay! I mean, it's getting it's getting a few. There, I don't know if they're getting a. What's the one? Or, I think they're reskinning the some. Uh, yes. So like the ones uh, that are on the pole when they're trying to escape yes. from the animals, yes, yes, they're getting yes. reskinned. But they yeah. are making um, at least one. I you may have heard things I didn't know. Um, Jungle Cruise skipper animatronic that is brand new. 
Ooh. Okay, tell me, because I don't know what this one is. That's all I know. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's a surprise. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's going to be Jungle Cruise Skipper. It's going to be a brand new animatronic created for the Jungle Cruise. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, that's what I know. So I'm really excited. The new animatronics are so amazing. You look at um, the stuff going on in uh, Pandora in Disney World. And yeah, it's like, what? but not even just Pandora. Like the the animatronics that are on um, Mickey Minnie's Run- Runaway Railway mm. are very nice. Not to mention the Beauty and the Beast animatronics. The Beauty in... and the Beast animatronics are cool. In Tokyo? Is it in Tokyo? It is in Tokyo Disneyland, yeah. Yes. Uh, have you seen a video of that ride through yet? Yes. It's I beautiful. I can't stop myself with Disneyland spoilers. I know it'll feel different in person. Oh, of course. Yeah, obviously. But like you only you watch them just so that you can still feel something. Feel something. <laughs> <laughs> the really cool thing, and I, I think I've sort of figured out after watching a ride through of um, the Enchanting Tale of Beauty and the Beast. Is that what it's called? Uh, like five times. I believe so. The uh, ballroom sequence at the end is so cool because you can see the animatronics stepping and walking. That's awesome. Yeah. I've never seen anything like like that. They're physically waltzing. Yeah, it's cool. They're physically moving and dancing. Yeah. It's beautiful. And the lighting in that ride. Um, So, yeah, that's my first piece of news is I'm really excited to see a brand new Jungle Cruise skipper animatronic in the Jungle Mm -hmm, Cruise. mm -hmm. Ah, I'm so excited. Um, it's going to be great. <laughs> right? I'm very excited about it. Um, my other piece of news, before I get to my Snow White news, it's not as exciting, but um, there are rumors starting to rumble that uh, the uh, state of California is going to allow theme parks to open sooner than they had originally said. Um, yes. Now, I personally am not going to be visiting any theme parks until I'm vaccinated, but just to keep you abreast of the situation, uh-huh. um, there are different colored tears uh, for the state of emergency uh, caused by the pandemic in California. Mm-hmm. And they were saying um, of four tiers, the theme parks are going to have to wait till the yellow tier to open. And that means one case of COVID-19 per 100,000 people, um, which will be a very mm. difficult thing to achieve. Um, or Especially in, in the yeah. state of California. Especially in the state of California, which is in a state of... Well, uh, because it's such a... <laughs> it's a... Um, what's it called? Um... It's such a hot spot. Yes, exactly. It's which a is state which of is kind of the problem. Precisely. So they're saying now that uh, they might get to open earlier, which is uh, nice. But um, listen to me and and don't get COVID nineteen for a theme park trip. <laughs> I, you know what? I a hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, <laughs> I think that would just be the smart thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I, well, mind you, um, Disney World seems to have been doing pretty okay. Oh yeah. Which is interesting, considering it's in Florida, and Florida is also really bad. Um, so, I mean, if Disney World is able to keep things in check, and especially because it's, you know, literally four times bigger. It's so big. It's four times bigger? Well, I mean, if you include Disneyland and California Adventure, okay, sure, it's double, because it's four parks as opposed to two. Yeah, but, I mean, those parks are sprawling. Yeah, and so, like, they're able to do their stuff and keep things pretty good. They're very, very strict about things. Like, I know, like, they, like, the, I know that they've straight up kicked people out of the park. Oh, yeah. They weren't wearing masks. I don't have any problem with Disney's policies on COVID-19, I think. No. Um, as far as a, a corporation responding to the pandemic and and, and still can, maintaining their operations, I think it, it's great. I just think I could probably sneak over to Florida if I really wanted to. And go there, but um, I, I'm going to leave it for the Floridians and let them yeah, do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but, uh, like, you know, going during, honestly, going to Florida right now, going to Disney World, when I see all the videos of no lines and cars to yourself and everything, man, it looks amazing. 
it kind of does seem like a weird it, it's funny because it's like it seems like such a weird dream just to be like oh yeah go to a disney park and be able to get on a ride within five minutes every time yep like that's intense like yeah. that just that concept is just so funny to me yeah <laughs> it's it's crazy i well that actually leads me to some other news um because it's more just a little taste like maybe it'll be opening a little sooner as people get vaccinated who knows um, oh, and now I've forgotten it because I got all excited. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> well, I was just talking about like getting onto a ride at right. like, a good time. Ah, uh, yes. Annual pass holders is what I wanted to talk about. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because like at one point they said that they were canceling all annual passes. And then I think people were like, wait, so we're not doing annual passes anymore? Yeah. And then it turns out that it was like they're just redoing their policy, aren't they? They, well, here's here's what I know. Uh, and annual pass holders are cancelled uh, there is a, a program called legacy pass holders and uh-huh. as I understand it um, people who were holding passes at the time of the shutdown are afforded certain privileges uh, so they are as things reopen as exclusive um, park exclusive collections are la- launching in downtown Disney legacy pass holders are going to have first dibs on all of that stuff um, Ooh. yep they're uh, examining this even closer on Best Life and Beyond on YouTube. If you want to check out their vlogs, they're um, really going in t- deeply into the Legacy Pass Holder program. But mm-hmm. um, the main thing of it is this reservation system that Disney World is doing during the pandemic. People are speculating on uh, Reddit and Mouse Chat that uh, that reservation system is going to be the new system in place of annual passes we're not sure exactly what that'll look like but it'll mean um for example what people are thinking is you'll get 15 days per month and you will have to reserve your place in the park on those 15 days you can't just waltz in as an annual pass holder whenever you want interesting yeah Hmm. what uh what disneyland was finding according to the internet i can't speak for anyone who works at the disney company obviously is that annual pass holders were um clogging the parks and i i know that's a negative word i think um ap's are awesome but this is just what i've heard uh so uh people were going and and uh just walking around having a nice time just like looking around and the park wasn't really designed Mm -hmm. for that even though it kind of was um Mm. so they have tons of people going into the park and not spending money and and um, just taking up space and so uh, yeah. yeah so they um, introduced blackout days for pass holders in 2018 I believe it was I did not look up that information but I'm pretty sure it was 2018 I recall I recall that yeah yep. the blackout days yeah and uh, this is the next phase so um, speculation is and again it's speculation uh, speculation is that Disneyland is actually kind of breathing a sigh of relief about the ability to take away APs as um, but it's really difficult because annual pass holders make up the bulk of the um, Disneyland fandom and a lot of the enjoyment of Disneyland mm-hmm. is about annual pass holders coming to walk around on Dapper Day but maybe not take up as many of the rides and and yeah. um, gay days and all this other stuff so um, I don't know I don't think there's any perfect way to transition out of the AP system but the AP system wasn't perfect in the first place so yeah I mean like it's, it's funny you say that because like I would tell Colin that like one of my big dreams is to be an annual pass holder Mm -hmm. and just be like yeah like on a weekend like on a Saturday drive from Los Angeles to Anaheim just to go to Disneyland just for the day me too and like and so I can understand what they mean when it's like because I would love to just 
go to Disneyland for like a lunch yeah. and just sit and eat at like one of the places on in, on Main Street. Yeah, do a little people watching. Just, yeah, and just hang out. But then, at, but then I can understand what they mean when they say that if too many people are doing that and not actively doing things within the park, then yeah, it takes up space. You take up uh, seating. You take up you know uh, all this other stuff where there's all these other people who are traveling. Uh, who aren't AP holders, yeah. who want to spend the money and who want to go on the rides and everything. Uh, and so you're taking away those uh, those advantages for them, you know? So I, I can kind of see what they mean. Yeah. And I can kind of see, because like from a business standpoint, it's it it, it hurts them. Yeah, and they don't ha- they can do anything they want. They're Disney. Yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. It's their company. But then at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but part of the fun thing of Disneyland is the atmosphere yeah. is being there and just kind of being in that environment and being in that in that vibe yeah. you know like because that's one of the things that I love about it is yeah just hanging around and walk like one of honestly one of my favorite things of the park is just walking around and just seeing people seeing the characters and then being like oh let's go on this ride what's the wait time oh cool it's only like yeah. 10 minutes we can we can or like we can do ten or fifteen minutes exactly. for a wait time. That's my dream yeah. as well is to have an annual pass and be able to because if I go to Disneyland, I have to plan all of my time out within an inch of its life because it's such a special and rare thing. I'd love to be able to be yeah. more chill about a Disney vacation, but <laughs> life. And um, yeah, I have one last final piece of information, Anwar. What's that? Well, during the pandemic, Disney was able to finish their refurb on the Snow White ride in Fantasyland. Yay! Yeah! It's funny. I do like that they did take advantage of that and were like, oh, cool, we have nobody in the park. Let's work, let's hire, you know, specific people and continue these projects to where we can. Yeah. Because right? I think they, they also made a, immense progress on... Uh, on um, Avengers Campus On Avengers Campus, yes. uh, I believe the Spider-Man ride is complete now because there's footage of Tom Holland riding it. Yes. Um, And I mean, that's not the e-ticket ride of Avengers Campus, but yay, anyway, I don't care. And uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is still on track to open. Yep. So, um, and that'll be in Toontown, and Toontown badly needed a slightly more adult ride, so yay. Yeah, because I mean, as much as I fucking love uh, Roger Rabbit's... Me too. uh, Cartoon Spin! Thank you. Cartoon Spin. I was trying to think of what it was. Uh, yeah, because otherwise the only other stuff in Toontown is like there's Goofy's house, there's Donald's boat, there's Mickey's house, Minnie's house. Chippendale's tree Chippendale's house. little tree house. Gadget's that go one, coaster. Yeah, that little coaster that's there. It's less and than then a like, minute, I think, in total. It's it, very short. It's specifically designed for like children under 10. Yeah, it's really like, fun. <laughs> yeah, like that... that I think that may have been like the one ride that Colin and I didn't get on because I think we looked at it and we both looked at each other. We're like, there's no way we'd fit. Yeah. <laughs> there's just no way we would fit. <laughs> yep. I read it a couple, I wrote it a couple of times as a kid and it's really enjoyable mm. and it's really whimsical and cute, but you're not missing anything. Like it's No, I don't think, no. I, yeah. I think that's the thing is that we looked at it and we were like, cool, we're not missing much. Yeah. Aesthetically, yeah. it's it's just as pleasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm excited for that. It'd be cool to to get that ride in Toontown. I just wonder because I don't. I remember Toontown. I'm trying to visually um, remember where they were going to put it. Um, well, I, I know the show building is, um, and I'm I'm thinking from bird's eye view, so mm. it's like kind of behind Fantasyland, I think. So it Toontown. Uh, no, no, the show building for a runaway railway. So oh. I've seen I've seen construction pictures of it, and it's like at the very 
north end of the Disneyland map. Um, ah, okay. So it's so yeah, yeah, yeah. You go in, you go into Tutankhamun. You're under the you're under the the railroad bridge of the of the railroad that goes around the park. You go under, you enter Toontown, you come out, you're in front. Uh, this is I'm trying to do this all by memory. Right. Uh, <laughs> to to your right is like the little Toontown town. Yes, and, and Roger Rabbit and and that. Route. And there's Roger Rabbit, and then on your left you go to your left. And the neighborhood is there. Bit. The neighborhoods your left, and I remember there's like a road that's kind of meant to go upwards. I think, I, and then there's like the big backdrop that kind of looks like yeah. I think mountains and stuff. My guess, just from looking at this this drone air, like flyover footage, is that um, it will be entered uh, from the right in the in the town part of Toontown. Cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's great. My question, though, and we won't find out for a while in, unless someone mm. already found out, but I couldn't find any information, is um, Toontown closes. Um, it's the first land to close every day. You very rarely get to see Toontown at night because of the fireworks show. Mm-hmm. Um, so are they going to change Toontown so it's a nighttime uh, place? People aren't going to want to miss the railway. That's true. If they do that, like they would have to do they would have to put like lights and stuff up in Toontown there like are working lights there are working lights there are show lights for nighttime and there's a couple of photos I've seen Toontown lit up at mm. night looks beautiful but the, yeah they don't mm. have um co- like content for nighttime in Toontown so honestly I just really love Toontown and I'm hoping to see more and more go in there just to fill in the spaces yeah I think that'd be really cool and yeah like throw another ride in Toontown why the hell not yeah well, I mean, yeah, space they... is at a premium in Disneyland. Like, if you're going to get rid of Gadget's Go Coaster for something more fun, I'm not going to complain as long as little kids can ride it. Yeah. Yeah, and little kids can absolutely ride uh, Runaway Railway. Oh, yeah. It's fun. There's it's so cute. No problem with it. It might have, like, I, I think most kids would be able to deal with the little scary parts of it. It's not fast. No. And I'm, I'm trying to even remember, like, what scary parts would would be I guess like maybe just like the near misses of the crashing. Yeah. Well there's know. this part at the end when you're in a factory. Oh yeah. And then the and then the factory explodes. Yeah. But I, I mean if your kid can ride Mr. Toad, they can ride <laughs> Mickey and <laughs> Runaway Railroad. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so funny. I I saw a tweet of someone randomly uh it was a they posted a picture of themselves riding Mr. Toad's wild ride. And <laughs> And uh, they captioned their picture by basically saying that Disney lied. They advertised this as a wild ride. This wasn't a wild ride at all. And I'm just. It is the wildest ride in Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) But I was just like sitting there. I was reading. I was giggling to myself just because I'm like, yeah, because it's like it's such a silly ride. Yeah. It's silly. It does not match the movie at all. It's entirely original. In the movie, he lives, Anwar. He survives. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. It's like in the movie, it's just it just explores the mania of this of Mr. Toad just going from one uh, like adrenaline based thing to the other because it's Mr. Toad is effectively an adrenaline junkie. That's why he started driving the car. The ride is like a cautionary tale (laughs) about what will happen to you if you act like Mr. Toad. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's so silly. I mean, I love that ride. My partner has never been to Disneyland, which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about Disneyland lately. Is like I'm just stoked for them to go, but I I am so excited for them to ride Mr. Toad without knowing what's gonna happen. (laughs) I feel I I feel like they're gonna just like. I feel like they're gonna love it. Oh, they're gonna like they love will. it. Did I ever tell yeah. you about what why I know that they're going to love it? No. Okay. Um am I allowed to talk about soft drug use on this podcast? 
Why the hell not? Okay. I mean, like, we're all adults. <laughs> well, long ago, uh, we had uh, settled in to do an edible and watch a movie or something, and a family mm. member stopped by, and we didn't know they were coming. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to act like they weren't in. We weren't trying to hide it. It wasn't a sitcom episode, but we wanted to be <laughs> chill. So I was like, "What's something chill?" And I thought, "Oh, I'll just put on Disneyland ride throughs on YouTube on the TV, and that'll be a nice chill calm thing." And mm-hmm. I had no idea that my partner had no idea what Disneyland was. So they are super stoned. Have never been to any kind of theme park that isn't just an an amusement park, you know? Yeah. And so they grab their notebook, and they're too high to actually write anything coherent, but they're trying to write down everything they're seeing on Pirates of the Caribbean, and it was so cool. (laughs) And so now my big life thing is, like, I have to get my partner to Disneyland. They're going to lose their mind. They love immersive stuff. Seeing that shit live is amazing. Totally different. Did I tell you the the story of when when I actually went and saw the Abe Lincoln show? No, tell me. Okay, so I, I... When Colin and I were there... One of the things that I told him, I was like, we have to see, uh, I can't remember the actual name of the attraction. A Great Moments Uh, with Mr. Lincoln? Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, yes, thank you. I told him, we have to see this. Like, it's a 20-minute show, we've done a bunch of rides already, can we just do this one thing? And he's like, all right, fine, fine, fine. Because knowing the history of that ride, or sorry, not the ride, of that attraction, Mm -hmm. it you know, it being one of the first ever animatronics that that Imagineers built. And it looks good! The fact that it was uh, one of the featured things at the uh, New York World's Fair when they were hired by all of those companies to do all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and the fact that it's still, it's been running for the last like 40, 50 years I know. still. It's insane. I'm like, holy shit. And so I took, so we went to it and we saw it. And so basically the first like 15 minutes or so is just basically a story, the story of Abraham Lincoln, how he was a lawyer, how he came up, how he ran for the presidency, how he won during his time, during the civil war, Mm -hmm. the emancipation, blah, 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 all that stuff. Right. And then the, and then everything, there's like big screens all around you. Uh, And then everything turns off and then a curtain opens and there he is sitting on the chair and then he gets up and I'm watching it. And I'm like, this animatronic has been here since the beginning, since, like practically the beginning the 60s well since like the mid 50s early 60s yeah and it moves so beautifully like he gets up and just stands there and gives the proclamation of uh um uh what was the name of that speech a gettysburg address yes thank you the gettysburg address he gives the gettysburg address i don't know why i know that <laughs> it, it's everybody knows about that speech i just four score and seven years it. ago that whole thing, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he gives that speech, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Holy shit, this thing is beautiful!" Mm-hmm. And uh, it it completely blew my mind just how beautiful of an animatronic it was, mm-hmm. and how uh, and how well it worked, and it, how it complete how how now I understand why when it first premiered, people thought it was an actual actor on stage. Oh, yeah. I think it's so impressive. I just looked up the dates. Uh, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln opened on July 18th, 1965, but opening day of Disneyland was July 17th, 1955. Oh, so it started in Disneyland and then they took it to New York World's Fair? Uh, No, I'm just saying uh, it premiered at Disneyland uh, uh, 10 years and one day after Disneyland opened. Okay, okay. You said 1955. Yeah, Disneyland opened in 1955. Ah, uh, okay, now, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The way, it's the just way a that fun you said it, it confused Sorry. 
<laughs> Sorry. No, the way the way you said it made it seem as if it opened on opening day of Disneyland. No, I was like, no, I no. I don't no. think that's right. It um, no. no. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, it was at the World's Fair first, but I just thought it was cool yes. that it was ten years and one day later that it came to Disneyland. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. No, that gotcha. was all my fault. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, 1965. That's like. And the fact that it runs as nicely as it does, and, you know, it just, it blew my mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. That was one of my big, like, wow experiences in Disneyland. Well, I've Uh, never actually seen it in person, so I'm really excited to go. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's especially great if you want to just kind of, like, get in, go, like, go inside for, like, 20 minutes, have a seat, relax, Mm -hmm. and just, like, chill. Because you've been walking around all day in the hot sun. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's definitely yeah. air conditioned. Any air conditioned mm-hmm, sit down mm-hmm. after a whole day at Disneyland. If you're rope dropping, going to close, go see oh, Mr. Yeah. Lincoln. <laughs> and that was like, well, yeah. And Colin and I were doing like, we're doing um, magic hour too. So like, that's a full hour before uh, the park even opens. Oh, you're so lucky. I've never stayed yeah. on a Disney property, at a Disney yeah. property. It's um, well worth it. So okay. the Snow White ride. Snow White ride. Snow White Let's get ride. get back on topic. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, this might be wrong, but um, Snow White, I believe, was an opening day attraction. Um, I believe so. Uh, but then it was in 1980 that she got updated to Snow White's Scary Adventures. Yes. And I really love the idea of Snow White's Scary Adventures because I, and I know this is not the uh, go-to attitude. I don't I don't love dark rides that just straightforwardly sort of tell the story of of a movie. Yeah. That's not my favorite thing because I I just like more creative takes on it. It's not that I don't enjoy uh-huh. them. Yeah, so. I I I'm I'm in that camp as well. They're not my favorite favorite rides. They're definitely one of those things where it's like, "Oh, you go on just to say that you've done it." Yeah. The kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's just something to do. It's not something pa- mm-hmm. to do passionately. Um, so yeah. for me, Snow White Scary Adventures was a brilliant concept. It was a really spooky ride. It was really scary. You were Snow White, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently it was it was really too scary. People found it a little uh, confusing because uh, the end, uh, the way the ride is designed, your eyeline mm-hmm. naturally wants to go to the left, but the mural showing the happily ever after was on the right. Um Originally, the ride didn't feature Snow White at all, so they stuck her mm-hmm. in eventually at the beginning, going up the stairs in the Dwarf's Cottage. But um, in the end, uh, <laughs> renaming the ride Snow White's Enchanted Wish won. Mm. And it's just, it's it's a happier ride now that is more yeah. along the lines of uh, Peter Pan's Flight or um, Ariel's uh, Undersea Grotto in... It's not Undersea Adventure. Undersea Adventure, sorry. The grotto is where you used to be able to meet her in California Adventure. I mean, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I love Snow White. I'm excited to see the ride, but I I love it when Disney rides are purposely a little scary because I really like family-friendly scary. That's where my favorite aesthetic sits. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds sounds nice. Like, uh, what other... other major changes have they done to the ride? The end. Yeah. um, Really? There's a Prince Florian figure in the ride now. Oh, yeah, okay. they have a whole happily ever after um, section at the end of the ride now. Yes, they've okay, released okay. a minute and a half preview of okay. of this uh, new ride as well. Um, the only thing I'm really disappointed in is the queue used to have a magic uh, Easter egg, not a hidden Mickey, but a golden apple that if you touched it would trigger um, a little warning uh, cackle from the Wicked Witch. But uh, that has been taken out. Oh. So I, I'm really. Do we know? Do do we know if the evil queen is still a? 
above the ride when she comes out every so often? As far as I am aware, she is still above the ride. Cool. Yes. Um, so, yeah, if you go on YouTube, first look, Snow White's Enchanted Wish at Disneyland, you'll be able to see um, clips of it not just being built, but you'll be able to see a clip of the ending. There are things taken out of the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train as well. Nice. Uh, from Florida. And honestly, that is a ride I'm really eager to go on. Yeah. So uh, I I think this will be great. I'm sad that there's less scary stuff in the park, but happy to see some um, new things because Disneyland's never supposed to be finished. And that is all the Disneyland news I have today, Anwar. Okay, amazing. Uh, I'll see about I'll see about maybe uh, throwing the link uh, somewhere in perhaps like the uh, see if um in like this the synopsis thing that we have or whatever. Yeah, sure. uh, I'll send it to you right now. Cool. Uh, okay, so now we can get on to the main topic of today, which is, of course, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, the movie itself. Yeah. So, uh, I did an episode of Snow White previously, like, fuck, like a year and a bit ago, like a year and a half ago or something, um, nearing the, near the beginning of the original version of this podcast. But I decided to kind of jump in and redo it because I like the idea of being able to discuss this movie with someone yeah. because uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is a very, very big deal in not just in the story of the Walt Disney company as a whole, but also I think just within uh, the zeitgeist. Well, yeah, I guess the zeitgeist of animated features in general. Yeah. Because Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was one of the first full length animated movies to be released on a mass scale as it did, and it completely changed the game. Oh, yeah. It uh, it legitimized that type of storytelling because uh, it showed people that, yeah, just because this is an animated movie doesn't mean it's going to be a silly cartoon. There can be, you know, there can be real elements. There can be real, uh, you know, real threats. There can yeah. be real stakes, you know, real emotion. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I think Walt definitely... What he was a genius in that, in how he wanted to basically push the envelope and was like, We're doing, we do animated movies, that's what we do. But what if we made an actual film, like a full length feature film? And yeah, I think it was not just a smart move on his part, but the best move he could have done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Again, vision, yeah. just knowing that your idea mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. right idea. And being able to inspire people to believe in it and work on it, amazing. So, uh, do you know the how? Do you know the story of like the conception, or not? I guess not conception, but like the inception of Snow White with within the company. Do you know how it all kind of started? Tell me. So okay, so Walt obviously took the story based off of the Brothers Grimm story, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yep. Um, but he. He loved that story so much that he want. It was one of the main ones that he wanted to do, uh, similar to how he wanted to do Peter Pan for a good portion of his life. Mm-hmm. Snow White was another one of those movies that he wanted to do for, for many many years. So what he did was one day he basically calls his entire company, like all of his, his entire team of animators, he calls them into one of the big um, sound stages mm-hmm. that's on the lot, and pulls them all in, sits them all down, and basically performs the movie start to finish. Such drama. The entire the entire movie. I love it. 
to to his to his workers and he's like this is the idea and this is how we're going to do it and performs the movie and then goes and then everybody goes off into the storyboarding and everything and i think that is such a cool idea the fact that he had he had the vision so clear in his head that he was able to actively perform it mm-hmm. for his animators i if there was any way of having film of that <laughs> oh but like you know, you don't know history's happening while it's happening. Yeah, I mean, like, who would it, like? I think when he called everyone in, I think they were all like, "What the like? What the hell does Walt want with us?" Like, yeah, are we gonna? Are we about to get a talking to? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, um, I'm also look. I'm just looking at my notes here from the last time <laughs> that I did this. Well, another thing uh, was just like trying to decide the different perfect options there were um i i know a little bit about the development of the movie just very little because mm-hmm. i've been researching because this is one of the only ones i hadn't seen you showed it to mm-hmm. me i did <laughs> which is bonkers to me but, you know. <laughs> well my grandma had a book of the snow white and the seven dwarfs and she would read it to me so i never oh, ended nice. up seeing it and it had the illustrations from the film it was you know so as a kid mm-hmm. you don't make those connections yeah of course um, so do you do you know the do you know the actual story like the story story of snow white and how it goes uh the like plot yeah like from the book do you know how it goes? oh it's the same it's just simplified uh-huh. it's it was um i had a uh, i guess compendium that was more sophisticated than the golden books versions of disney movies oh yes 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 and it was oh sorry you're oh you're talking about like you were read a book version of the film snow White. yeah and it had illustrations oh, from the film so i just never ended I up see. seeing it because i got read gotcha. that all the time uh, okay because I, I was talking about like if you whether or not you know the the actual story of the from the Brothers Grimm. No, no, no. This was uh, the Disney. Ah, uh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, well, if you would like to know um, what, uh, I guess, editing or what differences were made. Yes. Uh, so, Walt uh, Walt made some uh, stylistic stylistic choices. He changed how the Evil Queen was going to put Snow in into the sleeping state. Uh, originally. Uh, the old, the evil queen was, while disguised as the old woman, mm-hmm. had actually visited Snow a few a few times rather than just the once. Oh. Uh, first to give her corset laces, mm-hmm. in which Snow tried on but passed out due to suffocation because you know the queen tightened them way too tight. Not really <laughs> about that, I guess. Uh, tried second time she came in and tried to comb Snow's hair, but the uh, but the comb was poison. And the third uh, was the version that Walt decided to keep, which was where the woman gave Snow the poison apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, the he the reason he decided to cut it down to once was, uh, I guess, narratively, it it didn't make sense to have so many redundant visits. Yeah, which, that's a lot of animating. <laughs> yeah, but also just kind of makes sense. Like, yeah, like the queen the, the queen is not unintelligent. She knows that like this. This is how I'm going to do it. It's going to be one. It's going to be a one-time thing, and we're going to make it. And we're going to make it happen. So I think yeah. it makes sense. Uh, it makes sense for that to happen. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I think the pace yeah. of the pacing of the movie is really good. Oh, absolutely! Like that that whole segment, like when she does arrive, is is good. Mm-hmm. It works. Uh, and apparently, uh, the dwarves in the original story didn't have like in they weren't individuals. They were just kind of generic dwarves. It's I think. true. Do you? I have a big list of all the names here. 
I have a few of the names as well. Tell of me what what the original names. I'm uh, sure we were, have the same list. Playing with. Um, so aside from what we know, uh, they were going with things like flabby, mm-hmm. uh, sneezy wheezy, lazy, <laughs> cranky, awful, weepy. I mean, like that's just what I've got. I don't know if you. Have oh any God, more. I have more. You do. Okay. I do. What other? I ones? have. Um, these are from the notes. They had 21 pages of Snow White ideas. Um, oh my God. So <laughs> I have awful. Who steals uh-huh. and drinks and is very dirty. Oh. Um, Biggie Wiggy. Big O Ego, who, <laughs> who I guess was into himself. Blabby. <laughs> Deefy. 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 Dirty. Gabby. Gaspy, which would have been very uncomfortable to watch, I think. Gloomy. Hoppy Jumpy. Hot Sea, which I'm really glad they didn't use. Um, jaunty. Nifty. And Shifty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Charles Schultz once wrote that he heard another name considered for a dwarf was Snoopy, and he was very relieved they didn't choose that name. Yes, I can imagine why. Mm-hmm. So those are all the names uh, I have. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, but yeah, so the, stylistically, he decided to uh, give the the seven dwarves that we now know all kind of independent or individual uh, personalities, which I think was obviously a very smart choice. I agree. Um. Now, of course, there was a lot of uh, controversy and struggle still uh, because because this was a full length film, it was going to, of course, cost a lot of money. And so this is one of the several instances in which Walt and Roy uh, got into those heated discussions about money because, of course, Roy was the money guy. Walt was, you know, the animated visionary. And so... Walt basically just kept talking to Roy about like, hey, we need more money. We need more money for this. <laughs> and Roy was like, uh, okay. we have no money. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's no money tree, Walter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, eventually, they ended up going to the bank and getting a loan for a quarter of a million dollars. Must be uh, nice. That was needed to finish the film. Uh, $250,000 in the 1930s. Can uh, you just nope. quickly imagine? I cannot. I, like, I can barely conceive of having... <clears throat> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's insane. It's insane. Uh, and so, yeah. And so... But the thing was, was I think it was... It was one of those instances in which... Uh, Walt was kind of like... He was so convinced that what he was doing was a good idea that he was willing to put everything on it it was similar yeah. to what happened when he decided to go with disneyland yeah uh, you know he knew he like he just he just had that much faith in it yep. uh now through the marketing and through you know the media people were kind of coming forward knowing the fact that walt walt that the disney company was practically bankrupt they were mm-hmm. pushing this idea that it was uh quote-unquote disney's folly uh, yeah. But once, you know, once the premiere happened and once, you know, people went in, I think that's when it was, uh, I think that's when it was, or that was when everything changed because everybody saw what it was that Walt was trying to do. And then it changed everything. Like in the Oscars of that year, they were awarded uh, kind of a an unofficial Oscar because there was no category for yeah. animated films at the time. But they got a really cute special <clears throat> little Oscar. Yeah, like they got like 
technically they got eight. I mean, if you want to count it, but like <laughs> they have like the, they got like that main Oscar, and then there's like seven little ones that are kind of like uh, uh, like on a set of stairs that are right next to it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and so like it's nice that they were actively given some recognition. Yeah, even though even though technically. Uh, the Disney company never won an Oscar for an animated feature until Beauty and the Beast. <clears throat> well, so. that's insane. I, Beauty and the Beast was an amazing movie, though. <laughs> yeah, but like, but can you? But like, think about that. Like, not a single best animated feature Oscar until Beauty and the Beast. I think awards committees are very political in a negative way like i think awards stand in the way of artistic achievement more than anything else um i think so too i i think yeah i awards committees i can i can really only speak to the politics of the tony awards because i'm more familiar with that but like there was an organized effort to make sure that um the spongebob musical didn't win any tony awards because people didn't feel it was serious enough um I just think that's ridiculous. Like, yeah, because the SpongeBob musical is great. The SpongeBob musical is great, and the musical that won that year was not particularly innovative. It was just the voters were trying to make a point against Frozen, Mean Girls, and SpongeBob. And I mean, mm-hmm. the Academy Awards are the same thing. It's like yeah. they're trying to keep creators in their place a little bit, and it's so annoying. It's it's too political for what it should be. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like just, I, f- I feel like you should be able to reward merit where it's do right i mean like uh without snow white being as successful as it was uh apparently mgm would never have greenlit the wizard of oz Mm -hmm. and imagine where we would be if we didn't have the wizard of oz very depressed i mean like that is another example of a film that is just so iconic yeah i watched it two weeks ago and it's it it's amazing I love that movie. I love The Wizard of Oz. It's great. Uh, so now thinking about the actual film itself, uh, and I guess <clears throat> kind of viewing it from a more modern standpoint, because of course, like we said before, this movie came out in 1939, and so it's, I wouldn't say it's dated, but I would say that it does show its age a little bit, mm-hmm. just because like we don't have the kind of animation that is... Uh, that was used to make that movie anymore. Yeah. Uh, like one of the big things was uh, during the ink and paint process when everybody had when um, when the the women of the ink and paint department were given all the cells mm-hmm. uh, and, in order to paint them. One of the big things that they did uh, was in order to make Snow's face look the way that it did, uh, the women would actually use their own rouge on the character's cheeks. I love that cuz her little blushy them. cheeks look so good. Yeah, right? And so it's it it show it goes to show that like small things like that and small care for those kinds of big projects that people really have faith in, I think is something that we need to keep in mind and recognize. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's nice that now, like within in recent years, the ink and paint department has kind of been getting uh, a little more recognition. Like, there's a whole line of merchandise dedicated to the ink and paint department now. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, even in as early as Roger Rabbit, people were putting little Easter eggs into the films to acknowledge their contribution. Um, in Roger Rabbit, it's uh, the ink and plate paint club that they go to that Jessica performs at. Yeah. Yeah, because, of course, without the ink and paint department, like, 
these, these movies would not exist. These movies would not exist. Frankly. Exactly. Like they would just be sketches on paper. Yeah. Right. So the ink and paint department is an incredibly significant and important part of the of the movie making process, especially in that time period. Yep. Hundred yeah. percent agree. Um, gosh, if you ever go on IMDb for Snow White, the trivia section is so freaking long. There's so much. <laughs> there's so much history behind this movie. Well, yeah, because like they like there have been so many documentaries about it just yeah. because of you know how significant it is. Uh, now, uh, getting back to, I guess, it, a more modern take on it. Like, how do you view? Because I think one of the big things that like people kind of bring up whenever they think of Snow White is you know it being super dated and everything and how perhaps it might not hold up to i suppose you could say modern uh feminist standards Mm -hmm. now i am not totally sold on this concept do i think it is kind of ridiculous that a 14 year old girl would immediately fall in love with the first prince that comes along absolutely uh but that's just (laughs) but that's just a concept that i just have you know trouble with in general but that's one of those things that you just kind of have to you know, yeah, it's one of those moments where you have to suspend your disbelief specifically for that thing. Now, but looking at the character of Snow herself, what do you think? Um, I okay. Well, I I'm a really welcoming person, and I <laughs> I don't think Snow White is a particularly unfeminist character. If contextually. All the other Disney movies exist. If we only have Aurora, Snow White, and Cinderella, for example, then uh-huh. there's a slight problem because you're seeing uh, women be stripped of their agency and have to be saved. But uh, when it comes to Snow White, up until Snow White is poisoned, she saves herself. When she's un- yeah. when she's unconscious, she doesn't. But like basically, she's taken into the the hunter is gonna kill her, and he's like run away, and she's like okay, and then she does. She goes and she runs into the forest. She has a scary time. She takes care of herself. She finds a home. She's like okay, this isn't my house. I have nowhere else to go. What can I do? So she cleans it to try and like give herself leverage to be able to stay there. Like once again i know it's 1937 but i also think the animators and and walt and everybody could have made the movie a lot more unfeminist than it is yeah i mean like if you really think about it it could have been far worse yeah <laughs> but yeah and i think it's i think you're i think giving her the credit of being like i cleaned the house or 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 kind of telling the dwarves like look if you let me stay if you if you provide me housing and food i will take care of the house i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing yeah it's not like they say that to her they're not like okay you can stay if you take care of us it's her trying to preemptively solve this problem yeah it's her giving it's her giving the 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 idea it's her giving that uh that deal making that yeah. deal with the dwarves and they love her they never make that. her do that stuff no they're like you want to do that okay thank and you they're very yeah and they're very yeah because when they first come home and they find that everything's clean they're like what what, what? what's happening and then they, <laughs> and they just kind of yeah they, they of course they think it's a ghost uh and they just kind of accept it and they find that oh this is a there's a person here. Like, what are we going to do with this person? And then, you know, they find out it's the princess. Mind you, I, I think her being a princess is 
pretty big leverage in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she also didn't know they would know. Like when she got there, she had no idea who lived there. She thought it was a bunch of mm. little children. Right. So like yeah, she true. wasn't like, oh, I can say I'm the princess and they have to take care of me. And she also doesn't do that, which would be, I that's think, true. She unfeminist. Doesn't use that. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't use uh her position quite her position of power for leverage yes i mean i think it's messed up to kiss a corpse and um <laughs> but i i don't think that that again is is necessarily an issue of consent i think um he he literally just thought she was dead and don't go around kissing corpses because they can't consent but i don't think it's the same as a sexual violation um mm-hmm. where though i the the feminist like argument against it is that you're giving children an example to follow and sometimes kids will do things they see in movies um so i think that's valid like you know suddenly you might have a little kid kissing his sleeping cousin and that's a bad thing but (laughs) uh, the character herself it seems to me and i wasn't there that the studio gave thought to giving her agency and character yeah yeah could be yeah i mean they didn't write the original story no no, of course. We have, uh, you know, the Brothers Grimm to thank for that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and I think I think bringing that up is pretty significant because you're right. Like, that is something that is very much talked about. And, I mean, I mean more so within the Sleeping Beauty uh, conversation. Yes. Uh, than rather than the Snow White, which I'm not actually sure why, even though they're both kind of similar situations. I the think... Difference, the difference being that... Uh, Philip knew that Aurora was asleep, whereas uh, the prince in Snow White, which you are naming Florian, which I, I'm pretty I, sure his name is Florian. I have no I'll idea where I have no idea where uh, you're getting that because I've only, excuse me, I've only ever known him as Prince Charming personally. Uh, <laughs> but if his name is Florian, then that's fine. That's cool. Uh, I just I don't know. Um, uh, now, but now whereas, I'm doubting myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, whereas. Snow White's prince comes in and you're right, assumes that she's dead. And so kind of gives her a farewell kiss. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a different time. <laughs> yeah. It's a different time. And I, th- but I, but I also think like, you know, if like, if my, let's say my, my grandma is on her deathbed and she dies, I'm going to give her a kiss goodbye. Yeah. Like, and I don't think that's necessarily a violation of her sexual agency, only because, you know, it's someone you care about, it's someone you love. And yep. if we're using that, I if we're using that concept, the, the idea that this prince is in fact in love with Snow White and she is also in love with him, as you know, we as the audience we understand and we know. Yeah. And I think he very much understands because of their whole flirt that was two minutes long at the beginning of the movie yeah but again that's a whole other th- <laughs> they that, sing that's, a that... whole song and you never know how much time <laughs> passes when they're singing a song it's not that's a true metaphor. singing a whole singing a whole song together is definitely you know an avenue for falling in love yeah i, suppose. I know i know it's, <laughs> it's silly but like singing a song together is is literally it's it's a metaphor they're not literally singing within the world of the movie um, yeah but yeah i don't know i i don't i don't think any character is that any of these getting kissed while they're sleeping princesses it is necessarily super problematic if you consider the rest of the Disney canon and I'd ha- I'm gonna have to watch uh, Sleeping Beauty again but I mean Prince Philip and Aurora very specifically love each other and think that they're being mm-hmm. separated 
Um, yes. Yeah. Because their whole story is that, you know, they, they fell in love in the forest. They've, you know, they've accepted each other as, you know, their whole, as, you know, being, Briar wanting Rose to be together. And, yeah. As wanting to be together and everything. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you shouldn't kiss a sleeping person unless you know that they want you to. Um, I'm going to yes. have to see if Prince Philip knew she was under that curse. But I, I also just think. I'm pretty sure she, I'm pretty sure Philip knows because I'm pretty sure Philip knows about the curse. Maleficent kept mocking him in the dungeon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to look at it. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't we'll think get Snow we'll White is unfeminist. Um, the internet, I just double checked. His name is Prince Florian. The internet oh, okay. tells me that he's 31. And she's 14, but I see nothing about that prince that indicates the age of 31 to me. So I don't know. I don't see is that. It, is that canon? I don't know. Is that, I don't know if that's canon within the movie. Yeah, it's not within, mentioned. Well, neither is her age, but. No, but I mean, I know that she's 14. I'll have to, I'll have to, my Disney news next time is going to update you on this information. <laughs> well, well <laughs> check, check the ages in the, uh in the what's it called from the brothers grim story okay because may, maybe they'll maybe they're much more clear on that all right i also because, like yeah, the could, name florian quite a bit well because if florian is 31 then that's a whole other conversation yeah <laughs> um okay snow white is canonically 14 it says yes i mean someone it, it says he's 31 but i don't see anything why is a 31 year old prince single that doesn't make any sense. That, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> in this, you know, there's no way. I don't believe it. I reject it. It nah. doesn't fit in my worldview, and I'm not having it. I don't like it, it. It also just doesn't make sense. They no, don't cast 31... 31 year old actors at Disney parks. No one wants Prince Florian to be 31. No. 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 I don't. I. No 31 year old is that dewy and and cre- peaches and cream complexion. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. And also a prince like. 31... No. <laughs> 31 and a prince like has your father just not kicked the bucket by that point yeah you just you're a failure of a prince if you're 31 and to, I unwed mean, come on absolutely not 31 unwed that doesn't make sense no but the point is i don't believe he's 31 i think if someone told walt disney prince charming from snow white was 31 he'd be like no get out yeah <laughs> i can just imagine that conversation just walt just staring at somebody in his office and be like get the fuck out of my office what are you doing yeah no like, what are you talking about? Absolutely. Go away. This doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm eager to watch all these movies with a thought of feminism, inclusion, and diversity. But I, Absolutely. I think Snow White is a movie that you should talk to your kid about after you watch it and say, like, don't go around kissing sleeping people. Magic like this doesn't exist in our world as far as we know. But I don't think it's something that will necessarily do anything other than encourage your toddler to lie still for long periods of time which is <laughs> a plus as far as i'm concerned yes having a toddler lie down and not move is a blessing from what i understand well holding some nice flowers maybe oh flowers. <laughs> um yeah that's a good point yeah <laughs> uh so do you have any other little tidbits of information about snow white well, I mean, you would like to share? there's so much. Um, the original concept art for Snow White was done by the artist behind Betty Boop. And um, mm-hmm. she had long eyelashes and a little ankle flash. You can find it on um, 
I I mean, we should post the sketch for you, but if you just Google Snow White concept art plus Betty Boop, you'll see a slightly more coquettish Snow White. Um, mm-hmm. But Walt wanted her to be more uh, wholesome. So that's why we have the Snow White that we know. And then my last fun fact that I wanted to share is um, the trees, the scary trees that grab Snow White's dress in, in the sequence where she's in the forest are based on Gary Oak trees found on southern Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada specifically Ooh. because Walt had toured through southern Vancouver Island and really loved the eerie uh, shapes of the trees. Oh. And um, thinking about it now, because I've done uh, a lot of drives around Vancouver Island, I can see it. Yeah, it and like cool. I know that he... Yeah, because he's visited... Walt visited Vancouver quite a few times. From oh, what yeah. I, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like near the end of his life, I think he was on a trip here to... like. Before before he finally passed from the cancer, I think he was on a trip with his family here in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, that's so cool! And he and that's when he told his one of I can't remember which son in law, but was basically like, "I want you to inherit the company," <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's see what I've got. Um, do 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 do. Uh, oh yeah, the multiplane camera. Ooh, tell us. That was when this was the movie first. Uh, feature that incorporated it oh awesome yeah and and thinking back on it you, there are several examples i think there are better examples in other movies uh like for example like when we get to pinocchio there's like a prime example of the multiplane camera in like in the be- in the first i think like 10 minutes Ooh. um but yeah and uh the other thing was he wanted uh this was also one of the first times in which he in which he asked the animators to very much changed their style mm. uh, because up until this point you had a very uh, the animators did a very very cartoony style yes but when Snow White came around or when he wanted to do Snow White uh, he very much wanted to do more uh, human looking animation yes uh, and so uh, they also there's definitely clips of uh, them using live actors so oh I think, like, yeah yeah, so like 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 that concept of using live actors uh, and tracing the movements for the animation goes back all the way to this to Snow White. So like you think about all those other movies that do so much of that, mm-hmm. and like the rotoscoping and everything. Uh, you know, with like I think Don Bluth is another bi- is a big 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 example of that because yeah. so much of his animation looks so beautiful. Ro- yeah, it's so fluid in that natural. rotoscopy kind of way. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it helps that Don Bluth was also a Disney animator for a while. Like, he started a career he, in Disney. Yes, that's true. Um, but yeah, but like, that style of animation would not have started as early as it did without Snow White, I think. And I think that's something that we definitely need to make a point of saying. Yes. Yeah. You know, that animation is beautiful. It's stunning. Gorgeous. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the reason why visually Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs definitely holds up at the very mm-hmm. least. Right, because like you watch, like I remember when we watched it again. I remember watching it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. This movie is gorgeous." Well, the stakes were so high. I think it was a matter of like, this has to be perfect. There can be no, yeah. no one can look at it and be like, "Oh, flaw." And yeah. so, like, you see that, and it's even more perfect, in my opinion, than Cinderella and Snow White and Pinocchio and all that other stuff, because every second is so clearly mm-hmm. hellishly scrutinized. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. But, you know, all the better for us. I forgot to tell mm-hmm. you, um, after the premiere at uh, Radio City Music Hall in New York, they had to replace all the velvet on the seats because the movie was too scary for kids and they all peed on the uh, velvet. Oh, oh my God. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. Well, yep. I mean, like, I guess they wanted to translate that scariness into the ride, too. Because, like, <laughs> I remember, like, I remember going through, like, I remember when I was very young going to Disneyland and going on the scary adventure ride. Like I remember I was actively like it trying to avoid it. Very spooky. Because because of how spooky that's that specific section was mm-hmm. within the ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um the the Paris version is also really, really frightening. Um mm. last thing, uh because uh, Snow White didn't premiere at the Chinese theater in uh, Hollywood. It premiered at the Carthay Circle Theater. Yes. And uh, I just wanted to give a quick little shout out to uh, if you want to eat in a replica of the Carthay Theater, uh, Carthay Circle Theater, rather, there is one in Disney's California Adventure, and it is absolutely stunning. Yes. I think you need reservations for it. You need reservations for any sit down <laughs> restaurant yeah. at Disneyland. Well, well, some of them, some of them are more kind of like diner-esque or not yeah. diner-esque, but some of them are more like self-serve. Yeah. It's not food, the same. But any like. But any like sit down, need a, uh, use a menu uh, venues in Disneyland and California Adventure, you do you definitely need a reservation. Yeah, or yeah, you need to not care about not getting in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's it's at the it's right when you come in you you come into California Adventure, you go in, and then you it's right where the um, it's right where it splits. I think where it's like in the the. Right where it splits into four directions? I don't actually know because, I Anwar, I have never been to Disney's California Adventure. Oh, that's right. You haven't. I yeah, have <laughs> virtually walked around it, sadly, many times. But it's hard <laughs> yeah. for me to visualize when I haven't stepped foot. Yeah. Well, uh, when when you come up uh, Buena Vista Boulevard, uh, there's a point where it's like a big roundabout where like them – because they have like a trolley car that comes in sometimes. Yes. And they do like little shows with, with like a trolley car driver mini – Mickey, so cool. sorry, which is very cute. Uh, but like it comes in and it'll like loop around in a big circle, and mm-hmm. that's where the uh, that's where the restaurant is. Oh, cool! Uh, I have a picture of myself and Colin with Goofy when he's in a very very nice suit uh, in front of it. Actually, now oh, that I think cute. about it, will you send me that? I'm gonna put all these pictures I've been talking about up on our Instagram anyway, and you can. Uh... Yes, I will definitely send you that picture. Wonderful, it's very fun, and I remember because he has like suspenders on and like. Colin, Colin and Goofy were like standing there, like stretching their suspenders. Colin wasn't wearing suspenders, but he was faking it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like Goofy is stretching his suspenders, and I remember I was looking, I was just standing and posing and just not doing it. And so Colin was like, "You were the only one who didn't do it." And I was like, "I know, I'm sorry, I missed it." Uh, <laughs> How dare you? Uh, but yeah, and there's a there's a there's a really great statue there of um, of Walt with Mickey uh, in like a fun kind of very period garb uh that's supposed to be reminiscent of like some of his uh like some of the earliest travels to california that he ever did Mm -hmm. uh it's very good it's a very it's it's supposed to be reminiscent of the same statue that's in disneyland where he's holding mickey's hand Uh, same yeah it's the it's it's similar concept with the partner statue but it's just a different look which i think is very cute oh cool yeah, um, but again, we'll we'll discuss all this stuff. Absolutely, I'll put up uh, a picture at another point. Um, I also found um, there have been multiple musicals of uh, Snow White. Um, 
in within the Disney parks, and uh, you can find that on YouTube. Really, really beautiful. But also for 106 performances, the tail end of the 70s into the 1980s, Snow White live at Radio City Music Hall, official musical, hour and a half long. It 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 is available in its entirety on YouTube, and I will post that as well. Like based on the movie? Yes. Really. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's really uh, spooky. They have all the characters, um, all the dwarf characters in full masks with moving mouths. It's, oh, my uh, God. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a tr- it's a trip. That that sounds terrifying. It is, honestly. but it's great. Highly recommended. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And now I'm out of facts. <laughs> all right. And I think, yeah, I think that's about it for Snow White this time around. Awesome. Uh, if you, if people are interested in kind of a little more of uh, a scripted version of a talk about Snow White, again, I do have um, uh, an episode way back in the uh, in the archives there if you if you want. But personally, I'm much more of a fan of this kind where we can just kind of talk about things and see and you know get a little more in depth and uh, talk about how we feel about it all. And yeah. I think this is very nice. Yeah, and so, we educate you and you don't even know it, which is the best way of getting educated. Exactly. It's the, best <laughs> way, it's the easiest way that I can learn, quite frankly. Me too. Uh, all right. So that's it for this episode. Uh, we look forward to chatting with you all next week where we're going to discuss the next film in the Golden Age, which is, of course, Pinocchio. Pinocchio! Which is very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. And it's musical sequel, but we'll get to that. Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> I completely forgot about the sequel of Pinocchio. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, which one are you talking about? Because I'm talking about Drew Carey's Geppetto as shown on uh, oh, Disney Oh, that's, that's not at all what I was talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about. Oh, I, I, I can't wait. Didn't they do... Wasn't there like a, like a directed, uh, direct video sequel of Pinocchio where he's a wooden boy the whole time? I'm sure you're or, right. That sounds like something Disney up? would do. Well, let's find out I could next be week. making this up. All right. <laughs> all right. So... <laughs> So we'll uh, chat with you all next week. Talk to you then. Talk to you then. Bye.